0: Hey guys, I'm William Dyer. This is Dyer Conversations. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. We're currently in a series right now on critical race theory. So if you've missed those earlier episodes, I will link them on the screen right now and also in the description below. But in today's podcast, we are going to ask ourselves the question, what is race and racism according to critical race theory? In the last episode I did, we talked about how critical race theory is really based on the foundation of a philosophy known as postmodernism. And so if you've missed that earlier episode and you don't know what postmodernism is, make sure to check that out so you can understand what we're talking about here. But if you do have a little bit of understanding of postmodernism, the biggest thing I want you to take away from that episode to carry into this one is that postmodernism is a denial of objective truth. So objective truth would be something like 2 plus 2 equals 4. doesn't matter how many people think 2 plus 2 equals 5. doesn't matter if you feel really strongly that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Two plus two equals four. It's an objective truth. So with critical race theory, you're going to see this play out in some of their beliefs. in the things that they try to put forth is that they will deny objective truth in order to elevate their social grievances over what is objectively true and factual. All right, in the um, earlier episodes, I talked about the fact that I read books for and against critical race theory. In today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to one of the books that I read that is actually for critical race theory. It's called Critical Race Theory, an Introduction. It was published in 2017 by two authors, and the two authors are Richard Delgado, who is a John J. Sparkman Chair of Law at the University of Alabama, and Jean Stefankic, professor and Clement Research Affiliate at the University of Alabama School of Law. Now, in their book, they give us four tenets of critical race theory, and this is their own words. So again, everything that I talk about, I will footnote in the description below so you can go fact check me if you want to and do your own research. But they say in their book, here's the four tenets. Number one, racism is ordinary. Number two, There exists a white over color ascendancy. Now, what that means is essentially there is a power structure in our culture where people who are of white skin have a certain um, classification where they are put in positions of power over top those who are minorities or who have dark or black skin. Number three, racial categories are social constructs, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then number four, that minorities have a unique voice of color. To continue on understanding what the basic tenets are of critical race theory, Uh, I gave you um, quotes from people who are for it. Let me give you um, a quote from people who are critics of critical race theory as they evaluate what it is. Uh, We talked about in earlier episodes, uh, two different people, Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, they wrote a book called Cynical Theories, and in their book, they uh, say this about critical race theory, quote, it's chiefly concerned with revealing hidden biases and underexamined assumptions, which are ways in which society and the systems that it operates upon are going wrong. The key element there is to understand that critical race theory looks more at the systems and the structures that are in place than necessarily at the individual. And that's why a lot of times you may be confused if you're like, hey, I'm a white person and I know I'm not racist. I know that I don't uh, have these prejudices and these biases, but I'm being called racist by these people. That's because It's not about your individual feelings or how you've conducted yourselves. It's more the fact that you are part of a system, you support that system, and they want you to um, look at that system and say that it's inherently racist to hold down people of color and to elevate people who are white, and then they want you to help them deconstruct that entire system. So that's why there might be some confusion there. But in today's podcast, what I really want to focus down on is the third tenet that we talked about is that races and racial categories are social constructs according to critical race theory. So, again, Delgado and Stefan, Stefan say this that races are, quote, not objective, inherent, or fixed. They correspond to no biological or genetic reality. Rather, races are categories that society invents, manipulates, or retires when convenient. Now, in this part of their book, they talk about how uh, if you look at pop culture down through the ages in America, you will see how in one generation, a certain class of people, uh, maybe say blacks, were categorized in a negative light. But then uh, as we progress, let's say, you know, we get closer to the time of 9 11, and now we're taking Middle Eastern people and we're categorizing all of them as terrorists and that sort of thing. Again, is there elements of truth to that? Absolutely. I think that there, uh, there is an argument to be made there. However, um, What they're really getting at is something a little bit more nuanced. Now, the real point to be made here is something that Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay pointed out in their book, Cynical Theories, and that tracking this line of thought, according to critical race theory's beliefs, is that what science did was they attributed certain moral values to these races. So this is where we get the concepts of being black or being white. Now, this is, again, according to critical race theory. I'm not saying that I believe this. But this is what critical race theory will say, is that because science uh, illegitimately divided the races uh, based on you know scientific understanding of genetics and biology and things like that, that they attributed ma- uh, moral judgments to what it meant to be black, which was a negative thing, and to be white, which they said was a positive thing. And because of this, it has um, built up this system, where white people are elevated to systems of power and black people are devalued and oppressed. To continue on this line of thinking, I'll show you uh, again. Here's what Delgado and Stefankic say in their book. Uh, They say, In the semantics of popular culture, whiteness is often associated with innocence and goodness. But in contrast, darkness and blackness often carry connotations of evil and menace. Okay, now let's dissect this one a little bit. Is there an element of truth that if you look in popular culture, um, things like light and white are generally attributed to uh, the good guy or what is, what is uh, positive and darkness and black is kind of attributed to what is the evil character or the menace in this story? Yeah, sure, there is an element of truth to that. But the question is not, is there an element of truth to that? The question is, why do we do that? Is it because of race, or is it because of reality? My contention is that it's the latter. So let me uh, unpack that a minute for you. If you look at uh, John, the Gospel of John in the Bible, chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, I'm going to read you a quote here. And Look, it doesn't matter if you believe that the Bible is the Word of God or not, If the, if you believe Jesus is the Son of God or not, it does not matter. The fact of the matter remains, the Gospel of John was written by a Middle Eastern man 2,000 years ago, long before the Enlightenment, long before America was ever uh, founded as a country. And this is what this Middle Eastern man, this Jew, said, talking about Jesus. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That's something to think about, that these concepts of light and dark is not uh, something that America only has done and we're the ones who found it, you know, oh, what is attributed to light is good and what is attributed to to darkness is bad. No, this is something that cultures throughout all of history have understood. Now, critical race theory loves to characterize themselves as a new civil rights movement, but the true civil rights leader, Martin Luther King Jr., wrote in his book, Strength to Love, returning hate for hate multiplies hate adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. So according to critical race theory, Martin Luther King Jr. actually supports systemic racism through his language and his microaggressions of supporting white privilege. Does this have anything to do with racism? And with people's skin color? No, absolutely not. It has to do with the way reality is structured. We have been created by God, and according to the reality that God has created, light is positive and good, and darkness is evil and bad. So there's nothing to do with inherent racism here. It's just the way we've been created. And so then to take that and extrapolate it over to race and to say that we somehow in our culture, when we have uh, sitcoms or when we have movies and we put the the good guy, you know, in a in a white outfit, and we put the the bad guy in a black outfit. That that's showing our on you know our biases and our hidden prejudices against black people and our desire to elevate white people above all minorities. I think it's just an absolute denial of reality, and I think it twists uh, the facts to be something that they're not. Finally, I want to leave you with this. One of the reasons why I cannot accept critical race theory is that it's just full of hypocritical ideas and assumptions. So I'm going to give you a couple of those uh, hypocritical things right now. Uh, Critical race theory has no problem assigning judgments to whiteness and blackness, even though that's the very thing that they're criticizing our culture for. They're saying, you know, we've divided people according to races, and we've attributed moral value judgments to what it means to be white and moral value judgments to what it means to be black. But they do that very thing. Okay, I'm going to throw something up on the screen right now. It's a website that I found while doing research on this topic. And what is interesting is first, look at the um, motto of this website. It says, the blacker the content, the sweeter the truth. I don't know if this website is necessarily directly associated with critical race theory, but this is the kind of mindset that critical race theory um, pushes forth. They attribute moral value judgments to being blacker. The blacker the content you bring, the sweeter the truth. Now, what does it mean to bring blacker content? Well, check out this article right here, where it talks about um, straight black men are the white people of black people. So again, here we have it has not, You know, what it means to be black and what it means to be white has nothing to do with um, you know uh, your skin color has nothing to do with DNA or uh, genetics. You know, anything like that. He says straighter black men are the white people of black people. So somehow now you have a division within the black community where black people are criticizing other black people for not acting black enough. But then they'll turn around and they'll say that attributing moral value judgments to being black and being white is racist. Well, if it's racist which I agree with. It is racist to, to attribute being black and being white to a certain characteristic. I think people, like Martin Luther King said, should be judged by the content of their character and not by their skin color. So if it is racist to say that you, you know there's a certain characteristic of being black or being white, then critical race theory is racist because it attributes moral value judgments to being black. Because you get somebody who is black, and they say, you're not black enough. Why are you not black enough? Because you're straight. You're heterosexual. Now, that doesn't even get into the whole, you know, concept of, of sexuality um, and how that's, you know, that has its own issues there. But what I'm saying is that they are racist. Critical race theory pushes racism, not even amongst, you know, the different races, but within the race itself. Now black people are being racist against other black people for not being black enough. And finally, critical race theory uh, says that race is a social construct, right? It has nothing to do with DNA and genetics and anything like that. It's a social construct that we just made up. However, they have no problem categorizing all white people under one heading of being white and thus inherently racist. So again... We see here the hypocrisy of critical race theory, that they say one thing, and then they do the exact opposite. They say this is racist, and then they do that very thing. Now, let me leave you with this, because I don't want you to think, because I'm criticizing critical race theory, that somehow that I'm against uh, fighting racism, or that I'm denying that racism is out there. I'm not denying that racism is out there, but I am denying that critical race theory is the answer to bringing racial harmony in our country. So let me leave you with this. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians 3.28. According to the Bible, when when people become Christians, it says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, which were races, by the way, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Racism is a sin problem. And that's why our culture is never going to be able to figure it out, because they just have the wrong worldview. They're trying to fight it with all these sort of crazy philosophies, which will never work because they're inherently flawed, inherently hypocritical, and inherently racist themselves. The only thing that's really going to fight racism in our culture is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because in the gospel, what we see is that when male and female and black and white and all other different categories come together, and they swear their allegiance to Jesus— That we don't identify ourselves by these worldly characteristics anymore. That we identify ourselves as Christians, and we love one another through our differences. Does that mean that we can't listen to one another and the different perspectives and the different, um, you know, experiences that we've had? No, absolutely, and we should. We absolutely should. But what we do is we identify with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, And I think the church has a great opportunity here to step up and to show our culture that true racial harmony comes through the gospel. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me in today's podcast. Make sure to leave some comments below. Let me know what you think about critical race theory and about this podcast series. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and like this video. Until next time, continue to examine the evidence.